Hello and welcome to EDUCAST, Steam powered by the School District of Altoona. EDUCAST is by educators for everyone and focuses on important educational topics. My name is Heidi Eliopoulos. I'm the superintendent for the School District of Altoona in Altoona, Wisconsin, and I am the host of EDUCAST. Today, I am so fortunate to be joined by Gwen Yonke, the Director of College and Career Readiness at CESA 10. In Wisconsin, a CESA is a Cooperative Education Services Agency. There are CESAs in 12 different regions in Wisconsin, and these agencies support regional school districts in everything from providing shared itinerant services like visual impairment services to facility and environmental planning. Welcome, Gwen. Thank you. All right, Gwen, let's start by learning a little more about you. I have to say that I feel so fortunate to have you in our region because you have a great deal of knowledge and experience leading college and career readiness work across our state. Would you mind sharing with us a bit about your background and experience? Not at all. Thank you. So I was born and raised in Asia, just down the road from Altoona. I was a business and marketing teacher there for a number of years, just love the career and technical education exploration classes during high school, went on to get my degree, and my first job was teaching at a large district in southeast Wisconsin, and then I migrated back to the CESA 10 area, taught in Gilmanton, back at Osseo Fairchild myself, teaching there for about a dozen years. I also taught at the technical college during that time a little bit as well. And then I did um, pursue my career in technical education coordinator license and went back to Southeast Wisconsin and worked for a large district there for a few years, uh, working with um, academic and career planning, youth apprenticeship, um, regional career pathways, all the work that I do here in the CESA 10 region. And I'm thrilled to be back. I've been back for a little over four years in the Chippewa Valley. Excellent. So here in Altoona, like you know, Gwen, we've prioritized the work to re-envision high school graduation. At, what po at one point in education and here in Altoona, we saw high school graduation as the finish line for our students. We would guide through students through the graduation requirements, said their name as they walked across the stage, handed them their diploma, and wished them luck. Now we see graduation as the starting line for our students. We're using college and career readiness research to build guaranteed programs and experiences so that graduates leave us as tomorrow-ready citizens, prepared to take that first post-graduation step towards following their dream for their future career, whatever that career and whatever that dream might be. We're really proud of this work um, in Altoona, but also how we've made this a priority for us here. But I do know that we're not alone in this. Uh, Wisconsin public schools across the state have a reinvigorated focus on college and career readiness. Gwen, what are you seeing across the state in terms of how public education in Wisconsin is systematically preparing students for their post-high school goals and aspirations? Great question, Heidi. I think one of the most important things would be academic and career planning, which Wisconsin really is leading the nation on their efforts there as a yeah. systematic approach to bring those career-based learning experiences to life for students, whether that may be elementary level lunch and learn events where they learn about a career through a guest speaker, joining virtually, business tours at the high school or middle school level, those mock interview events, job shadows, and then work-based learning experiences when students are in high school, such as youth apprenticeship. 
We also have Wisconsin Redefining Ready, as you know, for those mm -hmm. college career and life readiness metrics. And that is really, really exciting to see how districts are looking at their strategic plans and really looking at all the data and making sure that all students have equitable access to those different areas of college career and life readiness metrics. So that's some really exciting work. And um, in, in the CESA 10 area in particular, as you know, Altoona is leading the pack. We have a number of really amazing districts that we're leaning on and working on collaboratively to kind of be um, one, one of the leaders in the area, I guess, in that to, to help the state overall understand that work better and how it successfully impacts students in the future. Yeah, and I do have to say, as you can see, we're really passionate about this. Um, I get excited, like you say, redefining ready, and I get giddy because that's been a game changer for all of us in education. Like we have the answer key of what we need to do to have our students ready. And that's an exciting place to be so we can be really deliberate with our work. Um, also, something that helps us be really deliberate is that the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development ide identified those 16 career pathways. So like a lot of public school systems in Wisconsin, here in Altoona, we're working to organize our program offerings around those career pathways. Can you talk about what that means for folks who might be listening um, to understand what are we referring to when we talk about a career pathway and what types of activities are schools building into these pathways? Sure. As you said, there are 16 pathways or career clusters that every occupation fits into. So in Wisconsin, building out the pathways, I like to think of it from the lens of an eighth grade parent and student, and it's their first student going off to high school. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking about exploring career classes during high school and making sure they have the academic classes lined up for that career. But mapping out all the elements and activities that would allow the student to have the most experience to decide whether that is or absolutely is not a fit for them. It's just as important for them to figure out before they graduate that what they thought was a viable career option is something they absolutely did really, you know, aren't interested in going into, didn't understand it fully. So an example is um, a vet. We hear that oftentimes students will think they want to be a vet for a very long time and they might do a half day job shadow and decide, gosh, that's not at all what I thought it was. So it's those experiences. So the activities, really there are five built into the pathway. One would be the career and technical education courses that fit into the pathway. So I'll use finance as an example. Accounting one, accounting two, personal finance would be courses that students would take. And as a former business teacher, it was a, a either a love-hate thing, to be completely honest with you, with accounting. Yes, students either yes. fell in love with it or they said, no, that is not for me. And that's great. They figured that out early on, right? And then dual credit opportunities would be a, a second element with our um, technical college um, partners in the state. Work-based learning, such as youth apprenticeship or co-op programs, would be another element. Industry-recognized certification, so with a finance pathway, that might be Microsoft Office, so students could show proficiency with Microsoft Excel. And then the final one would be those current technical education student organizations. For that pathway, it would be either FBLA or DECA. So the first requirement they have to have in order for a district to have those pathways communicated to students and parents, they have to have the the courses offered. In-house is always best. 
but in some of our rural schools, we can't offer every single course and every pathway. So we do rely on distance learning or again, dual credit classes. And then any of the, of the other two elements make up the pathway. So I hope that helps try to explain the, the elements that fit into a pathway in Wisconsin. 100%. I love the idea of these experiences to guide decision-making even before high school graduation, because as you said, understanding that a certain career isn't for you might be even more important than helping you decide what is for you. We all know people, have family, friends who um, they invested in multiple years of, or even a college degree only to get to the end and go, you know, I really don't think I want to do that. So if we can help inform those decisions earlier, uh, even better for our students and for our future workforce and for our communities. When I think about college and career readiness, um, academic readiness is part of the equation, but we're really talking about more than academic readiness. We're also talking about skills and habits. What are key employability skills that employers are looking for that our graduates should have? This is one of the biggest topics of conversation when I work with our uh, workforce partners and regional employers, statewide employers, national employers, and regardless of which career pathway area of those 16 that their business or industry is in, they are all saying the same thing. They are focusing on those, really the four C's, the creativity, critical thinking, collaboration, communication. And we can embed the practice of that within not just our career and technical education classes, but math, reading, you know, our, our social studies standards, a science standard, it's all in there. It's just a matter of shifting the lens so that all pre-K-12 teachers understand what employability skills are, mm -hmm. and they understand that they don't have to add anything new to their curriculum. They just have to look at what they're doing and think about maybe instructional strategies that allow students, even at second grade, to practice employability skills. So other examples would be um, problem solving, teamwork. When I say communication, maybe it's putting students in second grade in group projects and then having them present out, having them work together, working those interpersonal skills, right? Attention to detail. So a lot of it is project-based which also, as we know, of course, as, as educators, that's what increases the, the drive and engagement of our student learners. That's where they really get excited to come to school and we see the attendance go up and all of that. So it's whether you are a high school physics teacher, a middle school math teacher, a fourth grade teacher, all of this, all of the, that employability skills can be daily practiced every every single day practice with our students with intentionality so that's that's where I really get excited too and that's where I honestly I see the light bulb come on with our educators when they think oh now now I get it it's not the I don't do ACP that's for the school counselor it's that shift of of understanding how they definitely have an impact on that the social emotional learning Aspects also working yeah. with our students to control their emotions and understand and reflect on what's happening and internalizing. That's how when they go to the workplace, they can self-reflect and control when they have issues and stress in the workplace as well. Right, exactly. I think too, um, you said something that's really uh, insightful that you've had, you ha this is what you do. 
You talk to employers about what do you need from your workforce? What do you want from your workforce? What are you looking for in strengths and skills and attributes and habits for your employees? And of all the different employers you talk to across a multitude of industries, there's a pattern and it comes down to four basic things that are repeated over and over. And again, that gives us the answer key of what to be working on with our students, which is very exciting. The other thing that's exciting is everything you talked about. I would, and I was an English teacher. I wasn't in a, what might be seen as a career-based field. Um, even though I'd like to think we probably need English in all the career fields, but I was in more of a, a general, general area. Um, all those things you mentioned, you're right. We are teaching those things. The difference is, is we're understanding the context of it, understanding that this isn't just a, an activity in my English class, but I am actually preparing students for a future career and having that context and the deliberateness in the approach. Um, one thing that's been really exciting is a place where I've seen this done very, very well here in Altoona is in some of our math classrooms. So in our math classrooms, the way the curriculum is designed is there's a lot of small group problem solving, but we don't just say, hey, get together and solve this problem and talk about how you're gonna solve it and talk about why you got the answer, but we have our math teachers teaching students how to communicate as a group, how to explain, how to work through it when they don't agree. All employability skills disguised as math skills. And that's just a really exciting application of exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. So Gwen, a lot of my educational career was spent working in a manufacturing community. So by default, a lot of times, when I think about preparing students for career pathways, I think about getting them ready for careers related to manufacturing or technology or healthcare. In fact, I tend to think of education as the career that contributes to all the other career fields. So let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about education itself as a career field. The future of my own profession also relies on a highly qualified talent pipeline. So is there an education specific career pathway and what types of activities or experiences are part of that pathway? Yes, there definitely is. One of the 16 career clusters or pathways is education and training. And just like the other pathways, the activities or components would be that sequence of courses. So maybe offering an introduction to education class and, and this can be a hybrid class. It can be before school, after school, flipped classroom, however it is, the delivery model of that. And then dual credit courses, work-based learning. We don't have youth apprenticeship as the, a component in education training yet. It is coming. But a lot of our students are teacher assistants. They go to the middle school or the elementary school. They get that firsthand classroom experience. They see great classroom management techniques in place all the time. And that that does count as that work-based learning experience, which, which is exciting. And then we do have the student organization. FCCLA is the one that fits 
underneath that's a state identified one for education training, but we are really working on having Educators Rising being recognized as one of the state as well. Right now it's recognized as one of the great career experiences around that. Um, and kudos to Altoona for having 22 students in Educators Rising, that's just fantastic. So we definitely have lots of good activities around that, that pathway area and more to come. Awesome. So we are hearing about worker shortages really in every career area right now. Um, I've been in education for over 20 years and we're not different in that experience of, of experiencing some worker shortages. I remember teacher application pools of over 100 candidates for elementary positions and easily over 35 for secondary positions. I remember when I was first applying for administrative jobs and learning that there were 65 applicants for a job that I had, uh, had applied to when I was trying to get into administration. The application pools are really different today, including in education. It's really been interesting. Uh, the pools are much, much smaller. There might be 10 to 20 applicants, depending on the type of position. Yet, even though the pools are smaller, the staff we're hiring out of them are extremely talented. And what I'm hearing is that the smaller hiring pools are a nationwide experience. It's not just Altoona or Wisconsin, but it's across the country. Um, just recently, our own Department of Public Instruction here in Wisconsin released a report about the 2021 Educator Talent Pipeline. And from this report, they highlighted a few things. Um, they shared that enrollment in educator prep programs. So um, the, the college programs that somebody would participate in to become licensed as a teacher, that participation is still below what it was in 2008 and 2009. Um, Wisconsin is actually producing more teachers than there are retirements. In 2021, though, just under 5,400 people completed an educator prep program. But out of all the people who completed that educator prep program, only about 67% actually went through with becoming a teacher. So they're doing the program, getting the license, but then not becoming employed as a teacher. And of all the new teachers in Wisconsin, only about 67% of those teachers are still in education after five years of service. So people are starting out, getting the license, not everyone is actually getting the job after getting the license, and then even fewer are staying in beyond five years. So something feels off here. Um, it sounds like we have enough people with initial interests going into education to fill our retirement vacancies. However, after completing the educator prep programs, too many of those folks either aren't going into education or going into education initially but not staying there. I, I wonder why that is. So th that is such a great question. There's no doubt there are increased challenges in the last few years, particularly with the pandemic. There, there are definitely increased challenges. It can be very, very stressful. I think part of it is with the supply and demand of teachers, there is a shortage. There's a sub shortage. 
So where a yes. teacher may have taught fourth grade and they have their one 45 minute block to email all their, <laughs> all their parents and check on things and run to the restroom and make a copy or do whatever, breathe. Eat they're not food. getting that, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. They're, not, they're not getting that. They are, yeah. they are not getting their prep time. They're getting burnt out because there are no subs in a lot of these schools. So they are covering, constantly covering somebody else's class and they yeah. are just getting entirely burnt out by that. And then I also think that really that, that does add stress to everyone. I think there, we need continued mentorship. Yeah. That would be helpful. I know in special education, there's a grant coming forward, but great question. Um, I, there are some definite challenges there. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that having work-based experiences as well is important for our students in their own decision-making about what a career pathway truly is about. What does it really mean to be a teacher or be in healthcare or work in manufacturing? And previously with education, we might have assumed that since a student attended school, they knew what education was about, but maybe that isn't necessarily the case. Um, Gwen, you'd mentioned Educator Rising, and I appreciate that you have taken this challenge head on by organizing a regional chapter of Educator Rising. Can you talk about what that organization is and what's the objective of our local Educator Rising? Sure. So I'll just say really quickly there, our website is ccr.csa10.org. And on that, we have a lot of information we've talked about. And one is the Educators Rising page. So the overall goal of Educators Rising is just to do that, to fill our talent pipeline. The goal of having a CESA 10 regional approach is to work smarter, not harder. So mm -hmm. I thought if I can somehow organize and bring together the districts to provide opportunities for learning, virtual opportunities for students to learn, to get together, to find out more about the occupation, take some of that responsibility off of the local teachers who are so busy already, but provide students the opportunity, we can try to help do that. And we have 16 districts participating and 130 students. So just a quick example, and coming up in March, our meeting is two hours, but students jump in and jump out during lunch when they have their lunch. And the topic is instructional strategies to engage students. And Jennifer Peck, who's our pre-K-12 STEM consultant, will be rolling that out. So having them talk about strategies, talk about classroom management, um, job shadow. And may we want to have all these students go to neighboring school districts and go to someone else's classroom and see what it's like mm -hmm. to, you know, from the another lens that's not their own, their own district. So just trying to give them as much opportunities to go into the occupation with their eyes wide open, whether they choose to continue down that path or not is fine. We just want to do whatever we can efficiently and help our districts. We have some districts that have one or two students and so to provide everyone opportunity to join regionally um, just is, I guess, smart business is what we were thinking to help everyone out. Absolutely. Well, Gwen, I have to say, I, I think the work that we talked about today is possibly one of the most exciting things taking place in education. We talk a lot about the challenges in education. There's also some really great things happening, and we've gotten to talk about them today, um, not just as, as an education field and practice, but 
the work that we're taking on in schools with preparing students for what comes after high school for them is going to make our community stronger. The students walking through our hallways today, we know are tomorrow's educators and tomorrow's elected officials and tomorrow's business owners and tomorrow's uh, manufacturing crew. So that it's exciting to know that we are helping to build that future. And I think your leadership in our region is invaluable in doing this and including education as a career uh, pipeline. I'm grateful for that as well. Today, we've been talking about career pathways and specifically the educator shortage. Thank you to our guest on Educast, Gwen Yankee, the Director of College and Career Readiness for CISA 10. I love this conversation and focus in education today, and I appreciate so much the insights you have shared with us. Thank you for joining us, Gwen. You're very welcome.